Nahum 1, 7. Nahum 1, verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Good morning. I can't recall a time in recent memory when I was happier to see y'all. Now, I am always happy to see you, but especially so after being away for a few weeks. It's great to see all of you. Our God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Psalm 46 and verse 1. Yes, a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. You know, when we think about life, life can sure be hard sometimes. Amen? Life can sure be hard sometimes. Job 14 verse 1 says, Man born of woman is but a few days and full of trouble. That's Job 14 and verse 1. There was a day, that's how the book of Job begins all of the calamities and sufferings that Job went through. There was a day, Job 1 and verse 13. There may well have been a day of trouble already in your life. And that word trouble is found many times in the Old Testament. And it means calamity. It means a time of anguish. It means a time of tribulation. It has to do with just an amazingly difficult time that we face. The day of trouble. I want you to know if you've not already faced a day or two of trouble before your life is over, you'll have a much better grasp of what the day of trouble really is. When that day came to Job, as good a man as he was, in Job chapter 3 and verse 26, he talks about, I am not at ease. I am not quiet. I have no rest. And then he goes on to say, because trouble came. If that was true with as good a man as Job, how will you and I face the day of trouble? How will you and I deal with life when it gets really hard? You know, we all have tendencies when things get rough in our lives. We have the tendency to become fearful and afraid. When you face real hardship, sometimes it's easy to become afraid and fearful. When tough times come... Maybe we feel overwhelmed and 
perhaps we even get into panic mode. When life gets hard, maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe you do get into panic mode. Sometimes when life gets rough, we feel alone. There may be a number of people that are inquiring about us and thinking about us, but it still can be mighty lonely when you're going through a day of trouble, can't it? Sometimes when we face troublesome times, we doubt God and we doubt ourselves. I suspect those are some pretty normal responses. And one of the most normal responses or reactions when we face real difficulty is this. To say something that we shouldn't. As you think about your own life and have you gone through some tough times, it very likely is a time when we've said something that we regretted. What I'd like to do this morning is to look at three passages, each of which deals with the day of trouble. Three passages that deal with the day of trouble. And then five considerations. Five considerations for how to positively respond to the day of trouble, to real hardship when you have to face that day, that time. Three passages about the day of trouble, then five considerations on how to positively respond to those difficulties. You know, trouble, the word I think about in the New Testament is the word tribulation. In this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation, but rejoice, I have overcome the world, John 16, 33. With but much tribulation, we shall enter the kingdom of God, Acts 14 and verse 22. Take a moment and turn to these three Old Testament passages with me, all about the day of trouble, and I'm going to share a thought or two from each. The first passage is Psalm 50 and verse 15. Psalm 50 and verse 15. The passage reads, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. There it is, the day of trouble. In looking at this passage... One person with a really great imagination called this verse Robinson Crusoe's text. Robinson Crusoe's text. And if you think about that character from literature, he was a person who was just on a deserted island. Robinson Crusoe. He had gone through a shipwreck. He had experienced some very real difficulty, but shipwrecked on an island so alone, so overwhelmed, so without. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. 
Let me break this passage down. First of all, there is the call. Call upon me. It seems to me often when we have troubles, we talk to other people. I wonder if the first person that we consistently go to is God. I know sometimes in my life that's not the way it is. Call upon me. The call. Secondly, the day. Call upon me in the day of trouble. It's going to come. It's not a matter of if the day will come, but when. The day of trouble comes to us all. Man born of woman is but a few days and full of trouble. Third, notice the promise. I will deliver you. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. Brothers and sisters, when you look at Psalm 50 and verse 15, in a very real way, it is the Romans 8.28 of the Old Testament. We know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Well, Psalm 50 and verse 15 is the Romans 8.28 of the Old Testament. Call me in the day of trouble and I will hear you and you will glorify me. You'll give glory to me. Maybe we can think of Psalm 50 and verse 15 as the Philippians 4.19 of the Old Testament. My God shall richly supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Well, not only do you have the call, the day, the promise, I will deliver you, you have the result. You will glorify me. You will give glory to God. We should never be quiet or tongue-tied, silent about giving God glory for the deliverance during the day of trouble. Second passage. Turn, if you will, to Psalm chapter 86 and verse 7. Psalm 86 and verse 7. Notice yet again the expression, in the day of trouble. The passage reads, I quote from the English Standard Version, In the day of my trouble I call upon you, for you answer me. In the day of my trouble I call upon you, for you answer me. Psalm 86 and verse 7. In noticing this passage, let me break it down. First of all, there is a day that may be expected of us all. See it, Brother Steve. The day of my trouble. See that in that passage? And in all of our cases, it seems to be unique. It's the day of my trouble. Sometimes it may be financial problems. Sometimes it may be physical and emotional and mental issues. Sometimes it may be the loss of a loved one. In the day of my trouble. And so there is this day that we all must be expecting. But secondly, 
It says, I call upon you. That is a determination that must be made by all of us, Carl. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you. A lot of people don't. Some silently just deal with it. Others talk to everybody but the Lord. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you. That is some of the wisest counsel you can ever be given, Waylon. You'll face a day of trouble, but when it comes, not only do you talk to your dad, who's a wise fella and a shepherd, you go to the great shepherd and you talk to him. I call upon the Lord. Notice again in Psalm 86 and verse 7, For you answer me. That is a hope that is embraced by all. It's a hope embraced by all. Psalm 50 and verse 15 is a verse that's especially for the righteous. But Psalm 86 and verse 7 should humble all of us so that we want to live in a more God-pleasing way. Because the hope that can be embraced by all of us, the anchor of the soul, giving us a sense of safety and security in a time of difficulty. Hebrews 6, verses 18 and 19, in hope of eternal life, which God, who promised before the world began, gave to us. Titus 1, verse 2. So not only is there Psalm 50 and verse 15, in the day of trouble... Psalm 86 and verse 7. Here's the third passage. Nahum 1 verse 7. That Andrew read for us a few moments ago. Nahum 1 verse 7. The passage says, The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in Him. One of the things that I have encouraged you to do many, many times as a preacher and Bible class teacher is see what the passage says about God. This is one of those little verses that just burst with glorious truth about God. First of all, it deals with the goodness of the Lord. See that in Nahum 1 verse 7? The Lord is good. Secondly, the Lord is a stronghold. The Lord is a stronghold. A person and a sphere in which we can place our confidence and what is really valuable to us. Because He's our stronghold. Next, notice what the passage says. He knows those who put their trust in Him. You've got the knowledge of the Lord. The knowledge of the Lord. And fourth, you have this. The care and security of the Lord. The care and security of the Lord. 
One passage literally bursting with God's character to see us through in times of trouble. Now, I've looked at the three passages about the day of trouble. The Old Testament mentions that expression somewhere between 15 and 18 times, the day of trouble. Those are three. Now what I want to do is give you five practical considerations for positively responding to trouble when it comes in your life. Are you listening? Five common sense considerations for responding to trouble when it comes in your life. Number one, just like your hand. Most of us have five fingers unless it's been bitten off or blown off somehow or sawed off. So we're going to go with five. Number one, consider the character of God. When you and I go through tremendous times of difficulty, a day of trouble, consider the character of God and ask yourself, what kind of message am I putting out for others to see? Hear me? What kind of message am I putting out concerning my God for others to see? Consider the character of God. In Job chapter 1 and verse 8, there is this amazing passage concerning a conversation between God and Satan. In Job 1 verse 8, God says, Have you considered my servant Job, who walks blamelessly and uprightly, who fears the Lord and who turns from what is evil. Eddie, coolly, imagine God saying about you, have you considered my servant Eddie, who walks blamelessly and uprightly, who, who, who turns from evil, who loves what is good, who fears me, Think about it this way, Kyle. Have you considered my servant Kyle? God says that about you. Have you considered my servant Terry? Have you considered my servant Thomas? Have you considered my servant Mike? And it can well be that much like Job, God is staking his integrity and character on the fact that you will serve him and love him no matter how difficult life gets. That's precisely what he does with Job. Have you considered my servant Will? And the type of individual he is. The Lord knows them that are His, 2 Timothy 2.19. And God believes in us and is willing to help us. And so in a time of difficulty, in a time of tremendous struggle, what are we saying about the character of God? Over the years, I've preached about 400 funerals. And I'll tell you what, some of those people preached a better sermon than I'll ever preach or that you'll ever hear anyone preach by how they died in Christ. 
What kind of message are we conveying to others? If any man suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this behalf. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 16. We say, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians 1, 21. The day of trouble may well call on us to prove it. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. The day of trouble will be a time in which we prove whether or not that's really so. Consider the character of God and the message that the word of God and that the name of God will not be blasphemed. 1 Timothy 6 verse 1, Titus chapter 2 and verse 5. I don't want the name of my Lord and the truth of my Lord to be polluted because of my failure to take into proper consideration the awesome character of God despite the fact I am facing trouble. Do you? Secondly, consider eternity. Consider eternity. If you and I would positively respond to the times of trouble, the day of trouble that we may face, consider eternity. In the words of the Apostle Paul, through the Spirit, I count not the sufferings of this present time, worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Romans 8 and verse 18. Consider eternity. There is such a human tendency to only think about the earthly, especially when we face trouble. Consider eternity. Many of the hymns from our hymn writers got it right. Often I'm hindered along my way. Burden so heavy I almost fall. Then I hear Jesus sweetly say, Heaven will surely be worth it all. Heaven will surely be worth it all, worth all the sorrows that here befall. After this life, with all its strife, heaven will surely be worth it all. No sad farewells, no tear-dimmed eyes. For all is joy and peace and love, and the soul of man never dies. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. Days of trouble come, but don't be overwhelmed. Don't be so fearful and afraid that you cannot properly see eternity. Don't speak wrongly during a time of trouble. Don't feel that you're alone and that no one cares. In the day of trouble, you can call and God says, I will deliver you. That says an awful lot about our God, doesn't it? Consider eternity. In this tent... We groan being burdened, Paul would write about in 2 Corinthians chapters 4 and 5. 
And we long to be absent in the body but at home with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8. Third, this consideration will bless you and help you when you face trouble. When you get the diagnosis of cancer or heart issues or you know that your time is not going to be long or maybe your mind is going to be failing with dementia or Alzheimer's. Consider your blessings and be grateful. That's number three. Consider your blessings and be grateful. Sometimes your blessings are going to be people. And like Paul, I would encourage you to thank your God upon every remembrance of people who are blessings in your life. Philippians 1, 3 through 11. We all know people like that, don't we? That are just kind of uh, people that are, give us a shot in the arm. They encourage us. They help us. Thank God for people like that. But also thank God for His gifts. Blessings and being grateful be thankful, Colossians 3, 15. Giving thanks always for all things. Ephesians 5 and verse 20, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. In nothing worry, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. You want to be able to positively respond to trouble. Consider your blessings. Consider being grateful. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is found in Christ. Ephesians 1.3 Be thankful for the victory that is in Jesus. Because the day of trouble may end up also being the day we go to be with Jesus. Therefore, remember victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 58. It is hard to respond negatively when we remember our blessings and to be thankful. A well-known religious commentator of days gone by, his name was Matthew Henry, was robbed. And in his journal that day, at the end of the day, his home was broken into, he was robbed, he wrote these words, Matthew Henry. Henry said, first... I thank God, although I was robbed, I had never been robbed before. How about that kind of attitude? I thank God, though I was robbed, I, I, I was never robbed before. He went on to say, second, I thank God that although I was robbed, he took what I had 
But it really wasn't anything I couldn't live without. He said, I thank God for this day that although I was robbed, he took possessions, but he did not take my life. And then he said, I thank God that although I was robbed, it was not I who robbed. I was not the robber. Some people have an ability in life to always be cynical and to see the negative. If you know somebody like that, pray for them. I'm serious. But there are other people who have the ability to genuinely see a way to be thankful to God. And there's nothing fake about it. They're as real and genuine as they can be. And Merv, we need more people like that in the world. We certainly need more people like that in the church. Number four. As we talk about considerations, consider grace. Consider grace. A person who has a biblical view of grace is much more likely to respond positively to the day of trouble than a person who has a misinformed or ignorant view of grace. Paul had a day of trouble called a thorn in the flesh that on more than one occasion, in fact three, he asked God to remove. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. Whatever this thorn was, if it was something for Paul to pray about on three different occasions, it must have been the Mount Everest of thorns. It was not a small and inconsequential thing. Because what he was willing to endure for the cause of Christ, by any stretch of one's thinking, we would have to say Paul was willing to identify with his Lord even in times of trouble. But whatever the thorn was, here's Paul on his knees and he's saying, Lord, please take it away from me. And the response of Jesus is, my grace is sufficient for you. Is it in the day of trouble, if the trouble is not completely removed, is the grace of God still completely sufficient? Be strong in the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 1. Think of the riches of His grace, Ephesians 1 verses 6 and 7. Think, if you will, of the importance to grow in His grace, 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. Grace is unmerited favor at Christ's expense when anger was owed or due us. 
unmerited favor at Christ's expense when anger was due us. Consider God's grace in the day of trouble. It's one thing to say that, and in the day of trouble, it's another thing to live it. Number five, this consideration, consider worship. The older I get, the more I want to worship and the more I need to worship. Can you relate to that? Amen. I want to worship and I need to worship. People who do not have a similar viewpoint maybe have not experienced too much by way of trouble. And maybe they're kind of getting wrapped up in now. But the more trouble I see and experience, the more I want to worship and the more I need to worship. Especially in prayer and in song. Especially in prayer and in praise, song. Here's when you can tell a lot about yourself. It's one thing to look at the song book and the PowerPoint slides and see the words. But when life is so dark, you cannot see a ray of light because of what you're going through, and yet you still know the words to the songs. You sing them with more meaning and motivation than ever because you want to worship and you need to worship. Songs like A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Songs about heaven. Songs about the promises of God. Safe and secure from all alarms. I'm leaning on Jesus. I want you to know that trouble, the day of trouble, is the black velvet background in which the diamond of God's love can glitter the brightest. When life is dark, is it the black velvet background? where the brightness of the diamond of God's great love shines its brightest. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Psalm 103 and verse 1. Turn to Job chapter 1 and notice verses 20 through 22. That day of trouble comes to Job. And in Job 1, verses 20 through 22, what a response. It is the response of someone who wants to worship and who needs to worship. Because every earthly thing that he had, it seems, almost was gone in one day. Naked entered I into this world. Naked I shall leave. In all these things, Job sinned not, nor did he foolishly charge God. Blessed be the name 
of the Lord. I want to face my troubles like Job, don't you? And I know he was a human being, and yes, he had wavers, times of wavering, but really he held on to his Lord. And more important, I want to face the day of my trouble like Jesus faced his. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It is finished. Oh, what a Savior. And so we come right back to the great God who not only sees us through our troubles, but came down to earth and identified with us in all of our trouble and bore our sin on the cross. Brothers and sisters and friends, I'm going to say this. We're without excuse. We are flat out without excuse. We have every reason to respond to trouble positively. I realize sometimes we're going to struggle and say and do things we shouldn't. But we must not remain overwhelmed and afraid of trouble. It's going to come. We need to be overwhelmed and respectful of God. He'll get us home. And that's enough. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement at this time. Maybe there's a lost person in this assembly, a person who hasn't come to Jesus in faith and repentance and baptism for the forgiveness of their sins and thereby being added to the church of Jesus. We plead with you. We plead with you. How are you going to face your troubles? And a person who is not right with God thinks that they may face trouble here, but at the judgment, there is real trouble to be faced. What a tragedy. Because of the grace of God, it didn't have to be that way. Through your faith and obedience to the saving death of Jesus, please have your sins washed away by the blood of Christ at baptism. Put on Christ, Galatians 3.27. And for those of us who are Christians, I've always believed about Westside, God has blessed us with many excellent hours and many excellent days over the years. But may your best day be the day that you go home to be with Jesus. May you resolve and determine to make your best day a day that you're anticipating now. A day where you'll be able to go home and be with Jesus.